Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. And welcome to uh, this episode of uh, The Bull and the Bear here on MoneyandMarkets.com. I'm your host, Matt Clark. Glad, uh, glad you're with us today. Uh, just a, a reminder, as we do each, uh, each and every podcast, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify. We are also on iHeartRadio, uh, YouTube. Check out our YouTube channel. If you're, uh, you can see a video portion of this, you can see uh, not only my bright, shining face, but my guests' bright, shining faces, and they all are, all are bright, shining faces, by the way. Uh, and you can just go to YouTube and uh, just... Uh, uh, search for the Bull and the Bear podcast. You'll see our green logo pop up, and you can see uh, this podcast as well as uh, others. We have uh, other videos that uh, we're working on trying to trying to get out that are above and beyond the podcast as well. So, by all means, go on there. Check uh, check out any of our any of your podcast channels, whichever is your favorite uh, method of, of viewing the podcast. Leave us a review. Leave us a comment. Leave us a question. If uh, there's a topic you'd like us to dive into, we're more than happy to uh, to do that, and uh, and uh, we would be more more than happy to uh to to get your feedback as well we love that so without further ado today i'm gonna i'm bringing back a uh, a guest we've had on before very popular guest we've had on before who has done very well for himself in the last week or two we're going to talk about that in just a little bit but uh i, I do want to bring on banning hill publishing charter market technician mike carr who is with us and we've gone through the background of mike before mike uh mike served in the military for uh for many many years served his country uh, uh outstandingly and we thank him for that service uh and during his time there he uh, was instrumental in the internet that you now know, uh, and and there's ways around that we can get into the deep weeds of that, but we won't. But he he, he helped uh, with that uh, involving the Pentagon and things like that. Let's just say that when it comes to understanding his stuff, that Mike Carr understands his stuff, and, and whether it be uh, whether it be the Internet of Things, the Internet in general, or more specifically uh, uh, trading and, and 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 stock information. This guy. He's uh, he's got it down pat, and we're glad that he's uh, he's with us. Mike, first off, welcome. Thanks uh, thanks for joining us. You are uh, in uh, uh, out west, I believe. Yeah, I am, Matt. I'm in Colorado, oh, where man. we are not having any problems at all. <laughs> no, no issues in Colorado, and great scenery. So, well, uh, thank, again, thank you for uh, for coming on and, and and talking with us today. And today, um, you know, we talked about options before, and, and and we've talked about how tricky of a business options can seem to be. But really, when you get into it, it's really not. And we've talked about this before, and, and there'll be a link to a previous podcast that we've done to kind of discuss uh, the, the myths of, of, of options trading and, and really how easy it is. Plus, we've got resources at moneymarkets.com that can help kind of guide you through, you know, the ins and outs and what you need to know uh, to, to trade options. Because really, it's not that difficult of a thing to do. But today, we want to go a little bit deeper than that. And, and, and specifically looking at current market conditions, because let's be honest, if you look at just the start of this week, carrying over from last week, the markets remain extremely volatile. Um, we had a massive slide on Monday, followed by a, a bit of an uptick on Tuesday, followed by a slide. All this coming off what was a strong week the week before um, for all, uh, all, of the, all of Wall Street stock, uh, stock indices. And, and, and so, but, but really, there's no trajectory one way or the other. It's not going up steadily. It's not going down steadily. It's bouncing all over the place. And it makes it somewhat difficult. If you're a long-term investor, like most are, 
you know, there, let's be honest, there's, there, there's a very small number of day traders out there that, that rely on the 24-hour cycle. Most investors are planning for retirement, are, are investing to, to, to leave money for your children or your grandchildren or whatever. You're investing in the long run is what you're doing, basically. You're not, you're buying and holding, you're not, uh, you know, you're, you're not trying to make a day dollar. You're trying, to, you're, you're, you're trying to get your gains over the course of years, not over the course of hours. But with the market volatility the way it is, it's very difficult to do that. Um, you know, because like I said, when the market's up one day, you're doing well. When the market's down the very next day or even in the same day, it makes it very difficult to try to plan that long-term strategy. And it's okay to be fearful of things because, you know, fear is a natural kind of instinct. It's a natural instinct that we have as humans. It's especially a natural instinct to have as an investor. When the markets go down, immediately that fear kicks in. You start looking at your portfolio on an hourly basis, wondering where is it going. Because when it's up, you're not, you're not paying attention. You, you may look every other day or so and check and say, yeah, I'm up. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm up 10% or I'm up 15% or whatever. But when you're down, you're checking that. You're, refre- you're hitting the refresh button on whatever portfolio platform you use. Use on on a pretty regular basis, minute by minute, to see just what the losses are, and, and and when you fear losses, then you typically will pull back. You you don't want to be aggressive in your strategy because again, you're fearful of losses. You're fearful that if you're too aggressive, that that's going to equal out to aggressive losses, not necessarily aggressive gains. And 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 you know it makes us conservative as investors. It's a natural thing. There's nothing abnormal about that. But today, you know, I want to bring Mike in and I want to talk about a way that, that investors can still hang on to that long-term plan. You can still manage that long-term plan, even in the midst of market volatility, and meet your long-term goals. And there's a way to do it, and I prefaced it by talking about options, and more specifically, short-term options. And, and, and first off, you know, what I want to do, we've done this before, but just to give a real quick you know, primer in terms of, 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 of what options are. There's, there's calls and there's puts. And, and that's, we'll, we'll just keep it at that. I mean, there's much more, you know, the tree widens after that in terms of where you can go with options. But Mike, let, let's, let's discuss a, a call or a put. And real briefly, give me the layman's, uh, the, the, the Dalmatian version of, of what a call and a put option is. Now, you know, just one the quick thought before we get to that, options have been around a long time. The very first book written about options was published in 1688, and it was called Confusion of Confusions. <laughs> so the whole history of options has been confusing to investors, and we're going back now almost 400 years. That painted the, the data. That, that painted the picture right there that it was going to be confusing. I mean, just think of the title, Confusion of Confusions. I mean, and that that gets the mindset right there that options are difficult. And so this is, you know, our listeners are not unique in this. Ever since 1688, investors have found options to be confusing. So a call simply gives you the right to buy a stock at a certain price until a certain time. So options break down to there's a strike price, there's an exercise date, and there's an underlying stock. Let's say that um, the Dow is trading at about 265 right now, DIA. You could buy an option on that to buy it at 265. If it goes up, you make the profit. If it goes down, you have limited risk. So that's the importance of it. A call gives you the right to call the stock to you. Back when there were floor traders, they would go like this. If they were calling a stock, they were buying. They went like this. They put 
their hands away from them when they were selling. A put option gives you the right to sell. It's okay. that simple. Just call or put. And that and that's a very simple that's a very simple breakdown. And really that's where you get started in terms of trading options is understanding the difference between a call and a put. And once you have that basic understanding, you know, the rest of it you just kind of pick up as you go. And 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 that's and and that's okay. I mean, it seems confusing when you look at the long list of of lingo that's tied to options. Um but really, you know, the basics are understanding what a call is, understanding what a put is. And then after that, it's basically just, just you know, elementary. Um, and, and that's just how simple it is. So, so now that we've gone into defining, you know, what a call and what a put is, I, I want to talk about some strategies and where options can play in terms of a long-term portfolio. Because when people think of options, I think you, you, there, there's the, the, the thought that it's a very short-term strategy. But really, there is a way that options can work in a long-term portfolio. And, and I want to turn the floor over to you and, and talk about how that can work for the average investor. If I'm, if, I, if I'm investing for my retirement and I have X thousands of dollars tied up in, in whatever, I have an 80-20 portfolio or maybe an 80-10-10 with 10% cash or you know, whatever, whatever the balance of my portfolio is makes the difference. Um, but, but I want to maybe try to enhance that portfolio some. How can I use options to help you know, balance out and even you know, see gains in a long-term portfolio, specifically now in a volatile market. So what I like to think of as protection is just largely insurance. And we all have insurance on our house. On average, it costs you maybe around 2% of the value of the house per year. And every year you give the insurance company that 2% and you hope that that money's gone. If there's a big accident, if there's a fire, God forbid, or some other catastrophe, you get the money back. It pays off you know, maybe 100% of the value of your house. Options work the same way for protection. You buy a put option, and that gives you the right to sell later. So if the market sells off, you have locked in the right to sell at a certain price. And you can kind of target your own insurance portfolio here, your own insurance policy, by saying, I'm willing to risk 2% of my portfolio. And how much can I, how many options can I buy for that? Mm -hmm. And this is kind of maybe a little bit detailed topic. So would it be okay if I put an article up on the specifics on money and markets later this week, maybe sure, tomorrow? Absolutely. Absolutely. Without question. Love to see it. Okay. So just talking through it then, let's say you want to lock in no more than a 20% loss. We're going to use the example of QQQ. That's an ETF on the NASDAQ 100. And I like using QQQ as my insurance because it's the most volatile index. It gives me the most bang for the buck. Okay. Right now, with all this volatility, we're going to pay a little bit more for insurance than we normally would. Under normal market conditions, we'll pay a lot less. But right now, if I want to insure against a 20% loss, I simply take the market price, multiply it by 0.8, 80%. And that gives me a value right now of about 188. Then I just look for a put option with a strike price of 188. And I want to go a year out. The major indexes allow you to buy insurance in one year at a time increments. Okay. That's all there is to it. I figure out how much I'm willing to lose. I pick 20, but if I'd pick 10, I can look at that option. Expiration date a year out. So we're talking June, 2021. Um, 
the cost right now would be about $1,100 to insure about $25,000 worth of a portfolio. So a little more than 4%. Normally, this is going to cost less than 3% a year. And a month ago, this trade would have cost you about 1.5%, and you already would have made a huge windfall profit. So okay. you want to buy insurance when everyone else is being greedy and the market is at new all-time highs. Because it's cheaper. It's incredibly cheap and it's going to pay off a high percentage of the time. So, so to, to boil this down, the first thing that a trader needs to understand or an investor needs to understand is what is my risk tolerance? What of my portfolio, portfolio rather, am I willing to lose? And that's, a, and that's a tough question to ask. That's a tough question to ask yourself. That's a very introspective question that, you know, involves a lot of soul searching, I think, to say how much of my money am I, am I willing to, to, to potentially lose? Is there, you know, does the value of the portfolio play a, a role in what that percentage should be? Or does it really just kind of come down to investor sentiment on what you think? When I managed money, I found there were two parts to this question and the answers were all over the place. That's one part. Many investors would say, well, I'm willing to lose 20% or I'm willing to lose 10%. Some would say I could lose 100%. It wouldn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. The second part of the answer is every single one of them was a liar. The <laughs> second the market started to fall, they didn't want any losses that's at right. all. That's right. Exactly. And, that, and that's more specific right there. You can say one thing, but when the losses actually start mounting, completely different story. Uh, so, but, yeah, but again, to go back, you know, the, the first thing here is that as an investor, you need to understand what your risk tolerance is. What are you willing to part ways with? And again, very difficult question. So maybe you start small. Maybe you look at 10%. And, and then, and then from there, mm -hmm. if you're looking at buying options against like a QQQ, we'll use that because I, I think that's a good option. That's, that's a good, uh, a good backstop to have is, is to go against a, a very volatile, uh, a very volatile ETF. So then you basically take the price of, of, of that ETF right now, which is about 180, 185, give or take. I, I don't have it right in front of me. And then, you know, if 10% is your risk tolerance, you multiply that price by 0.9. That leaves you 90%. So it's, it just comes down to math and then whatever that price is. And I, you know, I, I don't have the math in my head, but you take that and that's your price of which you're going to make your, your put option. And, and then you, you extend it out over a year and there's your insurance. So you're insuring yourself against 10% losses on your portfolio. Um, but, but, but remember that's what, that, that's all of what it's going to cover. So if you wind up losing more, your insurance is only going to cover that 10%. So that, that is one thing to bear in mind. It doesn't mean you should increase your risk to 100% or anything like that. that. That's not it at all. It's just, you know, one thing to, to remember that it's, it's a balancing act. It, it, you, one side of the equation is not going to necessarily equal the other side of the equation. So you have to keep that in mind. So I think that's a good way to, to, to use an option as protection. And it just, it just, comes, it just boils down to um, asking yourself some very difficult questions. The main one being is how much am I willing to risk? How much am I willing to lose? Um, not so much risk, but lose. I mean, that, that's just the, the bottom line of it. Now, there is another, you know, you mentioned protection, but there's also another way that you can use options in a long-term strategy. And, and talk about that a little bit. Ian, I like the idea of taking a small amount of the portfolio and using it for speculation. And that's just, you know, people go to casinos for a reason. They like the excitement. Mm -hmm. And many invest in the stock market because they like the excitement. But again, 
investors, and I learned this repeatedly when I managed money, every investor lies to themselves in a number of ways. The long-term investor says, I'm in it for the long haul. I don't even want to look at my account balance. Two down days, they look at the account balance, they call and say, I don't want any losses. Two up days, they call and say, how come you're lagging the market by 0.1%? Right. So, you know, they want the best of everything. And speculation lets you do that. Maybe take 10% of your portfolio and dedicate it to short-term options. And rather than just talk about theory, we do have a service called OneTrade where we do have an average holding period of two days. So it's not day trading but it's probably as close as you can come to day trading without having to trade every day. Right. Um, year to date with a real money account, we donate the profits to a local animal rescue here. So we don't benefit from it, but we're up 85% year to date already. Wow. And that's just trading with a holding period of two days. The reason I think that works is because if I asked you what the weather is going to be like tomorrow, you'd look out the window and say, it's probably going to be just like today. If I ask you what the weather's going to be like five years from now, you'd say, I don't have any idea. Right. That's what we're doing with short-term speculation. We're just assuming that short-term history is more reliable than long-term history. Now, this isn't suitable for 100% of your money. No. But it really does. Uh, it can boost returns dramatically. It's only 10%. Is it realistic to double that in the course of a year? It is. And that could add 5 to 10% to your portfolio returns with limited downside risks. Now, when you talk about speculation, uh, you know, that just conjures up all sorts of questions in my head. And, and, and the main one being, if I'm looking at speculative you know, stocks. And if I'm looking at speculative options, I guess as an investor, I would want to know, is there someplace I should be looking or, or is it just kind of a, a, you know, choose your own adventure kind of a thing? And there's both opportunities there. You can choose your own adventure. You could buy Tesla or now Nikola or whatever you want, the speculative kind of stocks. Or what I do is I limit it to the Dow. And the Dow's going to go up or down every day. And we're going to have a call or a put option many days to benefit from that. And all you need is a small move with options. If you get a 1% move in the market, your option can double. You can pick up 100% gain on that. That's and true. that's equivalent to several percentage points of return on your portfolio. So I call it speculation because, you know, in the Warren Buffett books by Ben Graham, he says you're either investing or speculating. And most of it boils down to speculation. Right. He defined investing as an operation where you use the numbers, you invest for four to eight years, and you die rich. Most of us want something between now and when we die. And <laughs> speculation can fund those kind of opportunities. Right. But now whenever you're looking at something, to, I mean, so it, it, it really just kind of comes down to preference in terms of maybe a particular company or a sector you want to look mm -hmm. at to be speculative in. Um, I mean, you could, I think, like you said, you can look at the pure speculative stocks that are traditionally speculative, Tesla being one, 
Um, or you can look at, you know, an index fund, you can look at, you know, whatever, basically. Um, but yeah, that, that would be my first question is, is there someplace I should be looking? Is there, is there a place where I can, is there a particular sector or anything like that without, without giving away too many of the, of, of the one trade secrets that you have, you know, is, is there, you know, a particular direction I should be looking to find those more speculative spot stocks to put options on that can maximize a return? Yeah, and I think because options offer leverage, you don't have to look beyond what you know. Let's say you work in the retail sector or the oil sector or the healthcare sector. You're going to be familiar with the ups and downs of your particular sector. When the sector's heading down, you can buy a put option on a sector ETF and still have the opportunity for triple digit gains. Okay. That's the nice thing about options is you don't need to pick the right stock you could pick the right sector. And most of us are familiar with a sector that we're, you know, we look at every day. Right. I know whenever I pass Walmart, I look at the cars in the parking lot. I look at the trucks at the loading dock. Okay. So does it, you know, and, and you know, I'm sure most of us have something like that. I used to count. So I, I guess my, my, that would lead me into the insight into that, that would lead me into uh, another question, and that is, you know, maybe is it better to look at it at an ETF as a possible speculative, speculative play because it is more, um, you know, they are more broad in terms of holdings? Is, is that maybe a better option to look at? Yeah, I think it is because it limits the downside risk, and you have an edge, an individual. You've, you're familiar with the sector, you're familiar with the ideas, but you don't know maybe which company is going to be the long-term winner. You know retail recover. Buying a retail ETF is better than trying to say Macy's is right, early. right, right. And that, and that was kind of more where where I was. What my what my thinking was was that you know. It, better to look at an overall sector ETF than to try to pick an individual stock. Um, you know, looking mm-hmm. at, like you said, retail sector or looking at, um, you know, any transportation or you know, oil or oil and gas, you know, whatever. And, and that way you're kind of playing the entire uh, range of, 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 of a sector rather than looking at Chevron or, or ExxonMobil or Tesla or Ford or something like that that can, you know, require a little bit more drill down, a little bit more patience. So, um, you know, I, I, think it's a, I think it's a great idea and something definitely worth looking into. By the way, um, you know, we mentioned that, uh, and, and he covered it, but I, I want to reiterate it, but uh, uh, Mike just uh, uh, put out uh, some more information on his one trade service uh, through Banyan Hill Publishing. And the only thing I will tell you, without getting too, uh, too deep into it is that it has knocked it out of the park. Um, it is, uh, you know, it's a great service to, to look at. Definitely encourage you to do so. Um, you can check him out at banyanhill.com slash Mike Carr, and uh, you can find out all of the, all the services that, that he has available. He's got several, um, and they're all, they're all great with, uh, and, and certainly worth checking out. You can also check out Mike's chart of the day, um, every day on moneyandmarkets.com. We certainly thank him for, uh, for doing that for us as well. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, Mike, I tell you what, you know, options, like I said, at the, at the top, it can be kind of a tricky thing, but it doesn't have to be. It's, it's, it's as difficult as you want to make it. Um, if you go into it with the right mindset, options can actually be uh, a very interesting and, and very good way to make uh, smart profits. 
um, over the course of either the short term or the long term. So, um, Mike, I certainly thank you for your time joining us uh, from Colorado. Enjoy uh, enjoy the weather there. I'm sure it's uh, very nice. Not not nearly as as warm as it probably is here in South Florida, but uh, it's okay. But uh, certainly, thank you for for coming on here on the Bull and the Bear. Thank you, Matt. You bet. We'll have uh, much, much more coming up. Uh, next podcast, we'll uh, talk with Charles Sizemore, Adam O'Dell. We've got uh, a lot of stuff to go over with them and uh, much more. So, again, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, we're on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. It's uh, Just go to YouTube and do a search for the Bull and the Bear podcast, and uh, you will find us. You'll see our little green logo with the Bull and the Bear, and we'll be right there. And uh, in the meantime, uh, check us out later on this week. We'll have much more coming up and in the weeks to come. And we encourage your comments, uh, your questions, your uh, your reviews. All of that is is welcome. We love it. We love to see it. We love we'd love to have more of it. Um, by all means, uh, give it to us. The Bull and Bear at moneyandmarkets.com is our email address. Uh, it is the Bull and Bear at moneyandmarkets.com. You can check us. Uh, you can send us a message that way as well. For Mike Carr, I am uh, I'm your host Matt Clark here on the uh, Bull and the Bear podcast. Until then, safe trading. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you. 